like there'd be things where like in my normal life that I just like would brush up but for some reason like I would be like so exhausted and just like take something like so personally when I was like on trail just because I had just been broken down so much where I was like I my, my patience is like thin now like this hurts mm-hmm. and it's so crazy to like look back on something that maybe like hurt my feelings or made me feel really exhausted or made me feel really vulnerable where like now I'm like okay like you're fine like but it's so funny because the PCT gave me the sense of like being able to get through stuff. Welcome to the Hiking Through Podcast. I'm Erin Egan, and this is the podcast where we get to pull up a seat at the campfire and have a conversation about all things through hiking, the triumphs and challenges, and oh, those lessons learned. And today I'm catching up with Eleven, known off-trail as Meredith Johnson. She hit the PCT in 2019, chasing her experiences from the AT, but they are very, very different trails. So she struggled for much of the hike with whether or not she even wanted to be there. In this episode, we explore the challenge of chasing past experiences, finding a balance between independence and community, her changing relationship to fear, and deli blazing. You can find this episode at hiking-through.com, as well as on our brand new Hiking Through channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Eleven. And are you I'm, wearing a PCT shirt? I am. Look at this. Represent. REI. Here. Here's my PCT medal. Oh, that <laughs> is so beautiful. I am so envious. I'm so sorry. Next year, hopefully next year. Well, actually, at this point, because you know, Mama's got to earn some money. <laughs> Mama hasn't been working since last January. <laughs> um, so. I've basically recalibrated and said 2023 to 2025. I like it. Range. Exactly. Pandemic happens. You got it covered. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of my, my target right now, but I'm trying to do all the things that I can to stay connected in the meantime. For sure. 100%. So, you know, going down to the Southern terminus, wearing the t-shirt, Love that. Yes. whatever it takes. What brought you down there? Well, I was actually driving back from Phoenix. Okay. So I was like, well, you know, I'm in the neighborhood. Not at all, but okay. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And and I could say that it was on the way home. Yeah. Hypothetically. Yeah. Are you in Washington or Oregon now? I'm in LA. Wait, weren't you in from Leavenworth? I am from Leavenworth. Okay. Um, no. But I live in LA. Uh, I work. I work in the entertainment business, which is what had brought me up to Portland. Okay. But I live my all house, over, literally all over the West Coast. Yeah, exactly. I'm a West Coast girl, tried and true. Yes. <laughs> um, and you're becoming a West Coast girl. Oh my gosh! Right, I'm so Repres- obsessed. <laughs> it's so great. I was like, I was like, maybe I'll like test out living out West and like my family's back East. I was like, maybe I'll go back one day. And I was like, there's probably no way I'll ever go back. Like 
this is where I feel most at home for sure. Yeah. Well, so I'm in Salt Lake City. Yeah. And you've, okay, posting, like looking at the po- pictures that you're posting, mm-hmm. you like, you have fully embraced <laughs> the, it's not necessarily the through hiking life, but you have fully embraced the outdoor woman yeah. life. Literally 100%. I was like, I like hiking the Appalachian Trail changed my life. Like so much. So like all my priorities have changed. All my activities have changed. How I like seek out friends has changed. Like my life has just like totally changed since then. And then I feel like even more so it's like hiking the AT was kind of like the first trigger to be like, okay, I have this taste of this life. And then I like went back to Washington DC where I lived previously. It's like, maybe I can like go back to like normal life and was like going to the office all the time. And I was like, okay, nope, I don't think it's going to work. Let's do another through hike. Went and did the PCT. And then after the PCT, I was like, no, like I can't just leave for four months at a time anymore. Like I need to find some way to sustain this lifestyle. So somehow found myself here in Salt Lake and do little mini adventures after work and have definitely become a weekend warrior. But I'm so grateful that I ended up taking a leap and through hiking. Yeah. Ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, in the best way possible. Yes. I know I've, I've, uh, your night runs and your yeah, adventures. Literally so many things like running. Um, I feel like, so after through hiking, I got really into trail running because there was like a need for those endorphins and a need to like, kind of like have that type two fun and just like be outside for like 12 hours at a time. So got really into ultra running and I feel like living in Washington, DC, there wasn't like that big of a community there, but like the one other girl who I found who would do ultra running with me in DC was also a through hiker, of course. And then like living here, like all my friends are like either through hikers or like extreme ultra runners or backcountry skiers, all these things. But I just feel like there I needed the endorphins still. And now I also need like an adrenaline rush sometimes too. <laughs> where I'll, I'll ski off mountains. <laughs> well, you were, is it my imagination or were you ice climbing? I was. So I, I'm, I, I don't know if I like it or not, to be honest. I, I get really cold hands, but I'm like, I want to get into ice climbing. I took a, um, a, a skilled class through like our Utah mountain adventures a couple weeks ago. And it was so cool. Cause it's like this trail that I really want to run. I went back in winter and like ice climbed part of it and scrambled it. And it's just like, so cool. Like getting to see it and all the different seasons and hopefully um, I will eventually run the whole thing. It's called, um, the Wasatch ultimate Ridge link up. It's called the whirl. It's like a 38 mile loop, um, with like over 20,000 K of her. I might be butchering this. Like Alex Honnold has done it. Like all these ultra runners have done it. So maybe next summer, maybe the summer after I should be like, you give myself a range between 2021 and 2025. Hopefully I will do the, the whirl. That sounds when you say it like that, it sounds very fun. Yeah. I'm sure it's not around. quite as fun when you're actually no. doing it. Yeah. I like, I always think it sounds like super cool and super fun. And then I'll like go and scout out and do a section of it. Um, it's so, like this summer I scouted out a section of it and it was like a third of it. And we started at like 8am finished at 9pm. I was like so tired. I also got like shaky legs because it's like so much exposure and I'm always like, do I actually like this? Like, and then I'm like, yes, like I do, I do. And then I get out there again. And then I like 
get really scared and I'm like, okay, like, I think I like this. Um, but definitely a type two sense at times with, um, with ultra running. Well, and that, that begs a really interesting question for me. Mm -hmm. Your comment about scared, Mm -hmm. you know, I've heard people talk about being scared or fear as a muscle that you use or that it's a, um, that when you use it, you push further the boundaries of what it is for you. Have you found that? Oh my God. Yeah. 100%. Like I think, um, the PCT was one definitely the first part to show me that. So like the AT, I never felt like scared per se, um, from like the conditions and how I was pushing myself. But when I was on the PCT, like, um, I actually listened to an episode that you did with fiddle where she was talking about this on like, we all kind of got like addicted to the rush of like the Sierras and how hard it was and like pushing ourselves for it. And then you just like get a little bit more comfortable. And then I feel like I'm someone who like living in Salt Lake was never exposed to all these different sports beforehand since I grew up in uh, Florida. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Never skied, like never really rock climbed, never did any of this. And I like didn't understand that there were like multiple versions of skiing either. I was like, what do you mean? There's like four or five different types. Um, and so I like got into downhill skiing, like right when I got here, like had never clipped into skis until 2019. And then I'm like realizing like, well, skis can get you to all these places that you may not have been able to get to like on foot in the winter. And I feel like there's just been like so much different training and lots of different fear from like hearing about like close calls from like other friends or like from different trainings that I'll take on like avalanches and such. And it's, really crazy to like kind of be like pushing the boundaries and like seeking it where it's like I feel like there's a a healthy slash sometimes unhealthy level of like I need to be a little scared in order to have fun or really enjoy it but sometimes I can still like be lighthearted and go on a hike but um you it has to be mixed in with more of the stuff that gets my heart racing yeah maybe that's the downside of it is that you're continuously Mm -hmm. seeking more greater bigger Yeah, no, I definitely am. But it's also like, I feel like there's no like big, like objective or like big project that I have in mind. It's like each day I'm like, obviously trying to be safe, but like trying to learn something new. And like, it's so fun to like go out and like ski or uh, climb with like my friends who like grew up here or have just been around it for so long. Just like see my energy and excitement around like learning something so new, which to them is probably like so comfortable like not even taking a risk, but to me, it's like, wow, we're doing this. (laughs) Have you found with that, that you evaluate fear differently in so much as something that, something used to scare you, you've done it, you realize that it's not as scary as you had made it out in your mind. Therefore, other things that you look at with fear maybe it's the same thing. And I think I'm following. So I, th- I think I'm following. So I, um, I'd say one of the things that like for fear is in like, it's like a cliff face, like that stuff, no matter what will probably always scare me. And should. Um, yeah. <laughs> or like, um, like lead climbing is something that always scares me. So like when um, you're like not on a top rope. Um, but I think, 
something that I've gotten really comfortable with that probably used to scare me a lot is just like endured suffering. Um, Mm -hmm. So like being on the cold for a really long time, being wet and cold for like 10 hours at a time and like settling into that feeling and just like, like breathing through it. um, I felt kind of like peaceful. So like if ever I'm like going out like skiing for a long day, like I'd I'd rather have like be out there for like multiple hours and like set my mind Mm -hmm. like, okay, you're going to be out here. You're going to be really uncomfortable, but like, just be like, just be with it and like sit with that discomfort. And I feel like it's helped me deal with like so many different adversities, like with work still, like we'll have like fire alarms and like, just like different things that come up. And like, I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. Like it, I feel like it's brought a new sense of calm. Um, but there are still some things that like probably wouldn't scare other people. Um, like climbing scares me a lot, um, that people get like confused why I'm scared. Cause I'll like go mountain biking and like send my mountain bike off something. But like, if I go climbing, I'm like, I can't do it (laughs) too scary. Um, so there definitely are still, um, a large place where I could grow, but in some aspects, I'm like, I don't really care to grow and I'm fine with it. I can be a baby, <laughs> but the endurance is where I've seen a huge, huge, um, piece come, come in. Yeah. And I guess the other, the other side of that, of my question is when you feel that fear coming up, when you, when you're going to challenge yourself in some way, whatever, and you feel the fear coming up, do you think about the fear in a different way as opposed to, I am afraid I am, I can't do it or I'm locked up, oh, whatever. Yeah. It's like, I've been afraid of all of these other things and done them. Yeah. That's literally exactly how my mind goes. Like, it's so weird. I feel like I've just become like so strong with dealing with stuff like that. Like, I really never think that there's like something that like I can't do or um, I can just like, I know I can sit with it and I know I'll feel uncomfortable, but like, I always know it will go away. Like it always goes away. I'm always fine. Um, And I think that has been like the coolest thing to see. And like, it's like, like a muscle Mm -hmm. um, where it's like, right when I finished AT, there was still a ton of stuff that scared me. When I was on the PCT, there's a ton of stuff that scared me. And like, just like seeing myself grow as like an athlete here in Salt Lake in the last year has been really, really awesome. Like I feel myself becoming like so much better of like a mountain runner, like a skier, like a, just like a backcountry partner and like being involved in those conversations. And it's been just like trial by fire. It's been a lot at once and it's been um, really cool. Do you ever think back on the Meredith from five years ago, even and who that person was versus who you are today and be like, girl, yeah. it'll all work out. <laughs> I think it's so cool. Cause I'm like, there's so many parts of me that are still very similar where I'm like super extroverted. Like I'm still like silly. Like there's so many pieces of me, um, that are very similar still. Um, but it's been really nice too. Cause one of my best friends of 10 years, um, who I met like my first week of college, um, who helped like push me to do the AT also lives in Salt Lake now too. And we've kind of like evolved in the same way and we'll have conversations being all the time being like, remember when we were like, we're at that like sorority or fraternity party, like back in college. And like the stuff that was like going on our mind was like, Oh, like, who are you going to ask to the date party? And like, those are the things that you were worrying about that like, don't mean anything now. Like, it's really funny to like see who that person was and like, 
I feel like I definitely struggled a lot with like my confidence and like my brand and um, like, I feel like there are a lot of great things about that person, but it's just so cool to see like my evolution throughout my twenties and just like finding myself and um, really feeling like comfortable and confident in my own skin. And like, honestly, like I don't really get embarrassed anymore about like being weird or like doing things and like I probably should get embarrassed sometimes. Um, But I just feel very confident, which has been um, something that the AT and the PCT have definitely given me. Yeah. It's funny when I was doing personal training, I would have clients and we would work together for a while, you know, say two years or, or whatever. And I'm like, do you remember what you were like when we first started working together? And they're like, no, I, I can't even remember who that person yeah. was. And sometimes having that retrospective or having that person there that can go, remember yeah. when we were this is so helpful to understand like how far, how far you've come, how much you've changed, what has changed. Yeah, no, for sure. So what were you a, a life coach? Uh, just a personal trainer uh, exercise. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. I yeah. can see you being a life coach, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's I maybe that's for my fifties. Okay, okay. We'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> I'm um, I'm growing into it, so to speak. Yes. But yeah, it's been really nice, just like seeing that transition, and like um, it's really my my friend will usually be like, "Remember when you dated that person?" Or like, usually that's how it comes up, being like, "Who was that person?" Um, and it's been cool to still have like some of those ties of like some friendships from way back when. So I feel like if I had like all brand new friends coming here, like it might make me like a little bit sad because like I am a nostalgic person. Like I love to like hold on to memories and be like, we've been friends for this long. Um, So it's nice like having um, like some people from my past and people from different pieces of my life, like still in my life today. Um, Like my, my roommates I met on the Appalachian trail and like met them again once on the PCT and like I think that's just like so special where we'll be like, dude, like we met on the AT, like so weird. And um, like with them, we had only really spent probably like two, three days in total of our entire life together. And then we're like, yeah, like let's be roommates. Like, and then they moved to Salt Lake and now live with me, which is really fun. That's wild. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Well, and and particularly, I'm going to use this as a segue because it's such a perfect segue. Oh yeah, Um, go for it. (laughs) No, because... like looking through your Instagram posts and stuff like that from the PCT, you seem to be really struggling with staying out there, wanting to be out there, trying to find the same experience that you had on the AT and oh not gosh. finding it. Um, and it was it it wasn't something that that re- really seemed to resolve itself. Like it was constant. You were constantly yeah. bringing it up all the way up. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I still will be, if I'm being completely honest, like, I loved the AT more than the PCT. Um, And I think one of the things is, like, when it came to the AT, there was something that needed to change in me, and it happened. And then it was, like, just this, like, big life moment and, like, a staple piece in my life story. And like the PCT, like, yes, it is too. But like, I think I would still be the same person I am today. Like if I didn't have my PCT experience and with the AT, um, I, um, as, as you know, I ended up like hiking most of it at the end by myself. And I feel like there's just like a lot of, um, like confidence on like, wow, like I can do something on my own. Like this is mine. 
And when I went to the PCT, um, I actually, I don't think I ever broadcasted this. I was actually going to try to finish the trail in under a hundred days. And so I started out and in the first three days I was doing, I did think I did like a hundred miles in the first three days <laughs> and oh no one God, else was, literally. So the week before I started the PCT, I had like done a hundred K. So I was in like ultra runner, like build pace, like ready to go. Um, and so I was like, okay, like I'm going to do this. And so I did a hundred miles in the first three days. And I was like, well, I haven't seen a single face that I had seen on day one. Like, I don't think I'm going to meet any friends. And I was like, why am I like doing this again? Like I've already had that like individual experience. And I also don't really like the desert, even though I live in the desert now, I'm not a big fan of the desert. Um, and I was like, man, like all I want is trees. Like I want to feel cozy. Like I was only used to the East coast type of, um, mm-hmm. outdoor, the environment. And so then when I got to, um, it was like right before the Sierras, like probably at like one after the three day thing. And after I got to Idlewild, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm going to take a rest day. I'm going to take a zero day. And then still I was struggling with it. Cause I was like, would meet really cool people and be like, yes, like I'm going to hike with you. Um, and like my friend hot take, we went skiing on Wednesday and he was like, remember when you like, we're like, I'm going to hike with you guys. You guys are really cool. And then you were like, okay, I just want to go a little bit faster. And then I like finished like a month before them. Um, it was like such a struggle. Cause like, I love going fast. Like I just can't not go fast. And like, even with running nowadays, like it's still a common theme. And I wasn't finding those people who also wanted to do that. And then it was I don't even remember exactly where it was probably around like mile, like 500. I found people who are going more similar to my pace, like being like, wait, like you're really cool. Also, we're about to go into the Sierras. I can't do that alone. Let me just start to like maneuver my way in here. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I have to go through the Sierras with a group of people. I'll join this group. Um, and it was actually like really overwhelming right before joining that group. Um, because we, there were like 11 of us and we were like, well, like, that's not possible. Like we have to like break up into groups of like three or four. Um, but alas, like we ended up going in a group of like 11 hikers for the Sierras. And it was something where I didn't know what I needed and found it through that, where it was just like through hiking became very like team sport. I, something that I learned from the AT was like, just to be really dependent or independent. And on the Sierras, like I had to force myself again to like be very dependent because like some of the stream crossings I couldn't do by myself, like so many different things I couldn't do by myself. And it was such a cool shift to realize that like that was a strength too, to admit when you need someone else's help and just like getting such a like a deep bond with those people there um, was exactly what I needed. And I think the Sierras was like a huge shift in when I started to fall in love with the, with the PCT. And it was just beautiful. Um, there were trees again. We were out of the desert. <laughs> Yay, trees. Yes. We love trees. Um, I was really stoked when I got to the Pacific Northwest and there were a ton of trees. Um, all over. All over. And I found um like fiddle is still like a staple of my life. Like fiddle, tip tap, like all of those, all of that group. Um, but fiddle in particular, like still talks were whenever like anything's up in my life. I'm like, hey, like I need to talk to you. Um and it was just something that like that friendship was really what I was gaining from the PCT. It wasn't about like growth in me. Like I really didn't have anything 
that I was searching for, trying to improve. Um, and so just like those shared experiences is what made the PCT um, like me stick around and get excited about it. But definitely as we started getting like closer toward the end, I was like, okay, like I am ready to like, to go back to life. And like, I'm ready to like bring what I learned here and bring it into my day-to-day life. Cause I think one of the realizations I had was like, okay, like you're not going to do the CDT next year. You're not going to just like leave every single summer to just like go after these adventures. Like, and so when I was in Washington, I was just like really excited to finish because I was really excited to like bring stability back to my life. And um, it's so cool to like be here now and be like, wow, like I actually kind of figured it out and and did it. Um, And I just wanted to know what the next step was going to be. It's interesting because the way that you talked about it, or at least the way that you were posting about Mm it, and and like I said, posting throughout, it it very much sounded also that you were chasing in some way your experience on the AT, you know, whether that was solitary. I I gave it up. I definitely was. I 100% was. And then I think I gave it up when I was like, this isn't going, I'm not going to be able to get it again. Um, just because like I was saying, like the AT, it was like such a monumental like piece of my life where I was like, I'm going to like leave my corporate job for six months and I'm going to like go and do this thing that I didn't think I was going to be doing until retirement. And so that was the first time I like had a shift that it was like, um, no, I'm going to mess this up, like live to work, not work to live. Um, and I think that was the very first time I had that moment and then just like gained all this confidence. And so once I realized that I didn't, I already had it, like I didn't need it again. Like there wasn't a realization that needed to be made. Um, I wasn't going to get like a big aha moment again on the PCT. Like there wasn't, there wasn't a need for it. Like, I feel like something that like, I'm kind of struggling, not struggling with now, but like, I'm like, what are my goals? Like, what are like the big things that I want? I'm like, honestly, like, I don't really have like that big of goals right now. Um, I just like am enjoying life right now. Like nothing big planned, um, nothing that I'm really like seeking out. And like, it's kind of weird to realize that there's those lulls where like, okay, there's going to be this big moment, but then also like life can just go on and like be normal and doesn't have to be this like super eye-opening moment every year of your life. Everything doesn't have to be eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes something can just be fun and lighthearted. And that's what the PCT felt like at times. Well, you know, TipTap's video certainly made it look like it on occasion. So fun. So <laughs> fun. Yeah. It was just fun. <laughs> but I've got to assume that the, the moment where you gave up the idea of replicating the experience of the AT or, or finding that big, great change mm-hmm. within yourself and jumping on and, and just being okay with the ride and, and the experience of the people wasn't something that happened like on the same day in the same minute. Like there's it probably definitely a- happened all around the same time, actually. Okay. Um, so it, like when I, I actually was like about to quit right before the Sierras. Um, well, and, and how far or how I was about to quit a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, but I was actually going to ask also like, where were you in relation to where Jukebot was? Juke- box was so uh my roommate is she your room yeah no Devin yeah I didn't know that but okay so yes 
That's so funny. Yeah. So Devin, um, so she ended up, um, she started a couple of days before me. Right. Um, and then she ended up her and her fiance ended up getting off. So both of them are roommates. Um, Peaches ended up getting off the trail and right. So weird. Um, Kennedy Meadows, right? No, they left in um, the McDonald's, wherever the McDonald's was, because they drove to the McDonald's in the desert. Um, it's like mile 300 something. I know you're talking McDonald's. about. Yeah, it's and right off the trail. I was like, how'd you like catch up to me? And they were like, we drove here. They're like, we have this plan. They're like, we're going to Alaska and then we're going to New Zealand and we're quitting PCT. I was like, hell yes, like do it. Because that was something like we had been talking about was like, um, all three of us felt like we were like comparing the PCT to AT and like, we were like, what does this mean? Like, do we feel like, like through hiking is like our identity and like, you need to just like go through hike to through hike to through hike. And like, this is what we do now. And they were like, yeah, no, like we're escaping this. Like we're going to go and move to Alaska. And I was like, hell yeah. Like that's super cool and super fun. And I ended up being really stubborn, being like having kind of those same feelings being like, why am I doing this? Um, I was like, I don't even want this anymore. Um, but I stuck with it. And I think when I got to like the Sierras was when I was like, starting to feel more comfortable around the people who I was with realizing that those people were family. And then I just was like super stoked on snow. Cause I had never grown <laughs> up around snow. Like that was something that was new and exciting. And like, um, something that I'm still obsessed with. And, um, I think that's where it kind of switched where it was like, okay, like this isn't about like changing internally. And like, it's not about like all of this, like emotional experience that I'm going to go through, even though the PCT was super emotional. Um, but it was more about like, I'm going to learn this skill and I'm going to learn how to use my ice axe and I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to learn how to um, like rely on a team. And I think that was a shift when it was less about, um, yeah, just like changing more about like gaining new skills, gaining new experiences and having fun. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I can, I totally see that. And it was interesting because I was following both of your guys' journeys, both of you uh-huh. and Devin's journey going up and say hi to Devin for me, but I will for sure. Um, but she I was following, me. she's what? She just texted me. I <laughs> <laughs> will hear you. Possibly. Um, but I was following both of your guys' journeys up. And it was interesting to me sort of when that, you know, it was exciting for me that Devin, as opposed to chasing the AT thing, like was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to off ramp it and and go a different direction. Exactly. It was so cool that, that she did that. Um, And it was so exciting to then follow the adventures that she got into after that. Right. And um, so they just adopted a puppy too, as of yesterday. So learning all these things about Devin through me. You're welcome. But yeah, it was right. was so inspiring to see them do that. And I think that was also like a really good moment for me too, to be like, well, you don't have to be out here. Like you can leave. And um, I actually remember, so where was I? I had hiked out of Tehachapi. Also, this is gonna be funny if anyone who was in Tehachapi was with like listening to this now. So I hiked out of Tehachapi and I it was like three miles in and I just like, set up tent. It was really windy. It was by myself. I called my sister, my mom, like um, one of my best friends, Julia, like just crying, being like, yeah, like screw this. Like I'm over it. I'm quitting. 
And then I was like, I'm going to do the long trail. And then I was like, <laughs> just like searching for like new things. And then um, my friends, um, Tarzan and Raider, um, who Tarzan, I saw two weeks ago, because he came to Salt Lake to ski. All these people are still in my life. It's awesome. Um, they like caught up to me when I was just like listening to depressing music, like crying, being like over this. Like You were wallowing. Yeah. yeah, I was like, this is stupid. I was like, why am I investing this time into something that I'm not passionate about? Um, and then Tarzan was like, please just like come into the Sears with us. Like, please like, just like give the Sears a try. And then you can quit after that. Like just do the Sears and then you can quit. And I was like, okay, fine. But then he was like, well, just kidding. Like I have to go off trail for four days to go to a wedding. So if you wait, then we can all go in together. And I was like, well, I don't want to wait. And at Walker pass, there was like this big, huge, um, like trail people party. There were probably about like 60 people there. Wow. 63 hikers. It was like just everyone congregated at Walker pass. Um, so you now have like a hundred miles before the Sierras. And I was like hanging out with people and, um, I was like telling someone, I was like, yeah, like, I think I'm going to quit. Um, or if I can't go in with Tarzan. And then, um, I think it was like my friend pocket was like, no, like come in with us. Like, like just come in with us. Like you don't have to wait four days come in. And I was like, felt super uncomfortable because like one, I wasn't super close to these people yet Two, I like usually wouldn't be like super about putting myself in like a more like dangerous situation with people who I hadn't built a bond with yet. Um, but then we hiked together for two more days. I was like, okay, we're all best friends now. Like let's do this. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, there were, yeah. A, a lot of times when I thought I was going to quit. I think when I got out of the Sierras, like there were times where I probably wasn't enjoying it as much. Um, but I would always be like, well, fiddles here. I'm going to finish it with fiddle. And um, also it's just like my entire trail family in general, but fiddle. And fiddle's just down the road from you. So yeah. It's perfect. She's, yeah. It's nice. When you got into the Sierras, and you have your ice axe, you who have, you Floridian that yeah. you are, <laughs> and you've got your ice axe and you've got your micro spikes or your spikes. How, I'm assuming you practiced before no. you got. No. <laughs> um, Even once you got I, in? The first time I self-arrested was on Mount Whitney when it was needed. <laughs> it's not okay. smart. There's like a video of me and like, my friend's like, are you trying to stop? And I'm just like sliding, 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 sliding. And then it like finally like comes to a stop. And it's just, I, I did not know what I was doing. And like now, like learning, like now that I live in Salt Lake, I feel like I know a lot more about like snow and avalanches and just like so much more <laughs> where kind of like ignorance was bliss where I was like, look back at that person who was like going to the Sierras. I was like, Oh my God, like that was kind of dangerous. But, um, two of the guys that we were with, like had done like all the 14ers in Colorado in snow. I've like lived in Alaska and had like done the Sierras before in the winter. So I was like, okay. like, they're, they're the knowledge that I don't have. And I like leaned really, 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 really heavily on them. Um, but like looking back at it, there's some times where I was like, okay, like definitely got a little bit lucky there. Um, but I was super frustrated with all of like the fear mongering beforehand. So I was like, well, I'm going to do it and I'm going to figure it out. Um, and I think it's just like making sure that you still like have that mentorship 
of people who could teach you to do it. Um, but there definitely were like close calls. Um, like when my friends got swept away in uh, a river crossing, yeah. which was a little bit freaky. Um, and just like self-arresting was a little bit probably should have practiced that not on Mount Whitney. Um, but got out. Okay. Everything's fine. Um, and I'm continuing to learn and build my stone knowledge now. (laughs) (laughs) And in summary, (laughs) fine. We're alive. It's fine. We're fine. (laughs) The stream crossing that somebody got swept away on, like how (laughs) I feel like that's like the one memory from the PCT that's like so crisp where it's like a movie reel adrenaline will do that to you yeah um it was right before um I'm probably gonna butcher this name too is there a pass called Mather's Pass Mm -hmm. yes okay got it memory it's there um there's a creek crossing right before there and I think there was a snow bridge but we couldn't find it and so we ended up crossing where there are some pretty big rapids. And um, my friend had, so she had her um, snow baskets on her poles and she pulled up and she was stepping on it and like lost her balance. Mm. And so like her poles go, her pack goes, she goes. And our friend Pocket um, ended up like chasing her and getting all of her stuff and like we all like got our clothes out, got our change. But what was so unfortunate too is we couldn't stay there. Like we had to get to the other side of the pass. So then she's like super freaked out. Everyone's like so on edge. And then we're about to do Mather's Pass, which is a huge pass. Um, and probably like, yeah, one of the bigger passes that we ended up doing. And that was our morning was a stream crossing and our afternoon was then doing Mather's Pass. And so it was all like a very emotionally exhausting day just because there was just like a lot of people, a lot of emotions, some people being like, it's fine. And then other people have been like, holy shit, like that was a lot. Um, but um, I think that was a day too where like, I feel like our communication in our group definitely got better because we would always do like different like debriefs and such and um, just like sending someone over like one at a time, having people's eyes on them, like when they're crossing, having people like downstream um, definitely ended up like making us more of a well-oiled machine for the future things that were going on. So stuff like that, whenever there are close calls, you always learn from them. Um, But it is a memory that's like so ingrained in my brain. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure hers. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she can remember it vividly and probably time slowed down. And yeah. Yeah. Like I saw her again. So she was, um, doing like a section hike of all of California. And I saw her again, like, um, before she was going to get her MBA and she like came by to like say hi to us when we were at Crater Lake. And she was like, okay, but like, remember, like, don't tell my dad about that. That one experience. <laughs> she's like, she's like, can you just like make sure, like, I never told my parents, like, I don't want them to know. I was like, okay, we won't bring it up. <laughs> it never happened. Yeah. But it's interesting because like what you were talking about in terms of, well, actually I want to dig into two things of that, but, but the first thing is in that situation, once it happened, because you guys had a large group, you had the opportunity to say, okay, we're, this is how we're going to strategize 
rivers or creek crossings mm-hmm. or whatever from now on, we're going to have, you know, one person there, we're going to have people down river from you, we're going to have, you know, and you had the size of group to be able to do something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, so true. And I think there were times too where like, um, there was like one stream where there was like a group of like four guys that just had to like stay in the river. And we're just freezing cold. And they just like carried us over like one by one. I was like, my heart, thank you. It's like, I appreciate this, but I also hate this because I'm an independent woman. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's also like this one stream that we ended up getting to like late at night, but we were like, let's just cross it. Like, so it ended up being really high, but it was like barely moving, but you had to swim across it. Um, And by the time I got there, um, my friends were like 11 we already made a decision. You're not carrying your backpack over this. We already know that you're going to be pushy and try to like fight us on this, but you're not carrying it. They're like, you're five, six, I'm six, two. I'm going to carry it. I'm like, fine. And then I'm like still struggling, like without even my pack to like swim across this Creek crossing. So, um, I was like, it probably was for the best, but there are definitely times where I had to like bite my pride and be like, fine, like I'll, I'll take your help. Well, it's also cool. It's cool. It's really cool to me to hear like your, your family, they knew you. Yeah. But they also knew when they had to overrule you. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, and that's a really rare, amazing thing to find Mm -hmm. within a family, within a family, within a friend group. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think um, like just going through something like, like the Sierras where it's like, you have to have all this different backcountry knowledge and which I didn't have yet, but gained. Um, I feel like that was an experience where it was really easy to get close to people quickly. Whereas like once I left, like, I feel like it, I wasn't like, I'm still a very open person, but it took longer to like gain those same types of connections. Mm-hmm. And like with my friends who I met in the Sierra, like I feel like they saw me cry a lot and I saw them cry a lot. And it was kind of like, within the like four weeks that we were in that part of California, it's basically like a 10 year long friendship. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, trust it, those people. With, yeah. Trust them with your life. I mean, essentially mm-hmm. it's interesting that you make the point about crying because that was sort of my other going to be my other question <laughs> I don't from <laughs> that. Well, and the question that I had is, when you have something like that happen or you have such high emotional moments, crossing rivers, going over paths, going, you know, going across shoots like you have at Forrester and, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things, there's the high of it and there's the high of doing it. But a lot of times there's also an emotional crash mm-hmm. as the adrenaline floods out of you. And, and like, you know, and I know for women, it's particularly a lot of times that can result in crying. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I cried a lot though, too, when things were like, just really pretty, but it was probably because I like had a really emotional, like physically exhausting morning. And then it would be like a nice sunset. And I just be like, it's so pretty. And like, just fall my eyes out. Um, but yeah, I definitely cried a lot. <laughs> yes. Or I would be like, there'd be things where like in my normal life that I just like would brush up, but for some reason, like I would be like so exhausted and just like take something like so personally 
when I was like on trail, just because I had just been broken down so much where I was like, I, my, my patience is like thin now, like this hurts. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy to like, look back on something that maybe like hurt my feelings or made me feel really exhausted or made me feel really vulnerable. Where like, now I'm like, okay, like you're fine. Like, um, but it's so funny because the PCT gave me the sense of like being able to get through stuff. But then like, sometimes when I was on the PCT, like I was just so exhausted that something like little could make me cry. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It is. It's interesting. I, I could get this wrong because I'm trying to dredge into my memory and this is not from you specifically, but I want to say it was, I want to say it was PCP. So different group, but but one of the things that she had said in one of her postings or, or whatever was going back to the emotional release and the crying and the stuff like that is she was hiking at that point, I think with a lot of guys and the guys were kind of like, what do we do with this? And in that respect, like for you hiking with fiddle and pocket at that point, I know tip tap wasn't with you at that point, mm-hmm. but like you were hiking with people who got it as well. Yeah. I, I feel like there were, I definitely was with people who got it. And I feel like even the guys like were like very emotionally intelligent, to be honest. Like, I feel like a lot of times they were like, okay, like you can cry. Like we get it. Like you're fine. Um, but when we ended up meeting tip tap, it was like so funny. Cause like we were like, who really want to be our friend. So <laughs> she was like, girls, we're like, we're so, and she was like, man, like, it's so great to like talk to people and like have like these like deep conversations about X, Y, Z. Like, I don't get that when I talk to my guy friends and I'm like, really? Like, I'll be that for you. Come with us. <laughs> and um, so I feel like it would have been really, really hard if I hadn't gone through with girls. Um, and the guys who we were with, like they, were very good at just like giving us our time if they didn't want to be part of it. Um, and then like our, our friend TB who has like the kilt, like he was Torso like, boy, right? Torso boy. Yeah. <laughs> boy. We love Torso boy. Like he was just like such like, so great at just like understanding like me and fiddle, like being crazy at times. We're like, I don't know why we're being emotional. Like, I'm sorry. And he'd be like, it's okay. Um, so he was really good at that, but those people definitely got to see like the best and worst sides of me, but it's so funny now. Cause like we have a group message and it's like blowing up all the time. And I talk to these people like at least like four times a week. And it's like so funny. Cause like some of those like terrible, like I know that they see me at my worst, but like, I know that they don't think anything of that at all. Um, which is really nice. They're like it's, brothers and sisters for sure. Yeah. It's, it's so rare in life to be able to show somebody else the best of you and the worst of you and they still respect you. They still yeah. love you and that kind of stuff. And, and I think that's one of the things that through hikes give you, so to speak. Yeah, no, they do 100%. Yeah. And the PCT definitely gave me that because like on the AT, I had like a trail family for like two weeks um, before I had my injury. And like, I feel like I'm, still close with those people, but I never got to the same point as I did with the people in the Sierras and also fun fact. So one of the girls who was in my AT trail family, I was never like super close with her on the AT, but then she moved to Salt Lake city and now we're like best friends. Um, so close. 
Um, but it's so weird because we never really talk about our experience on trail. It's more about our life in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with people who are my trail family and um, from the PCT, it's about like our life and those experiences and those memories. Yeah. All the it's so interesting. It's so special how we connect with people mm-hmm. um, and what those connections are um, that can be very random or very, I mean, and even like your trail family on the PCT, it was very random. I mean, you were looking for, you know, people to go into the Sierras with, um, but how it ends up being the right fit or the right mm-hmm people. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think like, like knowing that you're able to like have that close knit community where it's not like a college sports team or it's like some other way that's natural in life to do that. Like that's been something that I've been wanting to do here in Salt Lake. And like, um, I've actually been like really passionate and invested in growing a women's trail running group. And it's been super fun doing that and building community through trail running um, because it's like, I want that same like experience that I had on the PCT. And I want to mm-hmm. find a way to like embed that trail family style into my normal life. And I feel like I've been able to do that through like starting this new community of women, which has been really fun. Nice. Yeah. You guys can go out yeah. adventuring. Yeah. Trail, trail running. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard the story from Tip Tap's perspective of when you guys all met. Oh, <laughs> is it creepy? <laughs> no, it was just, it was just funny. And I'm wondering from your perspective and you've sort of alluded to it a little bit in what you've already said, but uh-huh. did you feel like you were your five-year-old self of going in you see her and you're like, I want to be her friend. We're pay, or fiddle. We're going to be her friend, you know? Yeah. And- so uh, fiddle and I like, I've been like stalking her on following that stalking. <laughs> Um, her on Instagram and we were like, we're getting closer. Um, but we like hadn't been in town in a while, like didn't know how far we were from her. Um, and then we got to see our city and like, I was one of the first people who got in that morning. Um, and I was like sitting, eating breakfast with um, my friend Tarzan because I caught up with him. He wasn't in our trail family. Um, but we caught up and like, we're having breakfast and I was like, Oh my God, it's her. And I like see her walk by and she's like plugging something in. And I was like, I have to say hi. I was like, I know I'll regret it if I don't say hi. Um, so I like go up with her and I said, I've enjoyed following your journey. And she's like, oh, thanks. Like, thank you. Um, and then I like sat down and like ate my breakfast. So I was like, okay, like could have gone worse, but like, I didn't know what we were going to talk about. So I just sat back down. Um, and then, so what I think since we, our trail family definitely had a reputation because there were 11 of us. So people were like, you're part of that big group that's coming in. Um, So people were like, we heard that you guys are like doing thirties and forties. And like, these are now the guys that tip tap is with like talking to us. And I was like, oh gosh, like what have like the guys in our groups been saying? Like, they're probably trying to like sound macho being like, oh yeah, like we're super fast. Like, cause they would like to do that sometimes. Um, And I was like, oh no, no. Like, we'll be your pace. Like we're going to hike at your pace. Um, but they were super fast too. Um, so then we ended up like, keep seeing, we kept seeing each other. And so, um, that like one of the first nights out of Sierra city, they camped next to us and I made torso boy, um, go over to their campsite with me and like sit down and chat. 
Um, and then that the next day we were hiking and I just like see fiddle, like chasing up to me and catch up to me. And she's like 11, like I ruined it. I was like, what did you ruin? She's like, I tried to talk to tip tap today and I was really weird. And I was like, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. And so uh, I like find tip tap again. And I like offer her some like dark chocolate. Um, like we get to talking and then she's like, Oh, like I kind of have been thinking about like switching up who I've been like hiking with. And I was like, Oh, like really interesting. Like, why is that? She's like, Oh, I just like want to be around some girls. I'm like, Oh, okay. It's like, cool, cool. And so I'm like reporting all this back to fiddle. I was like, okay, like, I think we're in. Um, and then we just like kept being around we just kept popping up around her. She couldn't get her out away from us. And <laughs> then she eventually fell in love with us. And that's history. <laughs> it, it really is like a, a kindergarten, first grade. Yeah, it was creepy, but it was worth it. <laughs> it's, it's cute. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it you know, weird that there's like, these people in like their late twenties, like gooing after another girl being like, Oh my gosh. Like, I hope she wants to be my friend too. Well, what is the, what is the female equivalent of a bromance? I don't think there is one. We should make one. Yeah. But it's that's I sort of like I'll, what I'll it I is. I think girl crush all the time. Like I'll be like, Oh, like she's my latest girl crush. Like, so I'll, there like you go. Yeah. So maybe girl crush. But it's it's funny how or it's not funny is actually the completely wrong word, but <laughs> it's so interesting how because because of social media, we can follow everybody oh, online yeah. and and you're in these bubbles and you know who's ahead of you and you see them on the trail journal, you know, where are they in relation to where you mm-hmm. are and and you start I don't even know what the right word is, but you start say, Oh, this is a person I want to be my friend. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's so, it's so weird. And like, I think it's something that like, I even do here now, like without even through hiking, just like seeing someone on like Instagram or seeing someone on Strava who like ran a similar pace to me. I'm like, that would be a good running friend. (laughs) I'm like, Mm -hmm. so weird. And then I'll like, I feel like I've become like very bold, bold, just like message someone being like, hello, want to be my friend? Like, let's go running. Usually it works. Um, but it's oh, definitely a very weird world we live in. Cause a lot of my friends have been from Instagram. Instagram is the new, uh, it's the friend version of match.com. Yeah, it really is. You know, you get to know their interests, you get to know that they're a good person and then you make a move. Exactly. <laughs> you slide, you DM in there, you slide into yeah. their DM, whatever that yeah. is. You you made a comment in your postings about the boys arguing about who came in first or second. God. Constantly yeah. arguing about who came in first or second. When we say um, the boys, there are three people in particular <laughs> talking about anything competitive. <laughs> okay. But that but you weren't part of that conversation at all because you're pretty competitive too. No, I 100% was, but I would probably like, we would always, it was nice because there were people who were a little bit more competitive than me, but I am extremely competitive. Um, but yeah, there's, there were three guys who were like always trying to push it. And then me and fiddle would be like, Oh, like, can you believe that? But let's get there before them. Or like, we'd like criticize them for being super competitive when we would just like egg them on for sure. (laughs) Um, and like, especially like when we were like in Washington 
we were all like, okay, we all want to finish together. But then we were like leapfrogging. But then it was like such a weird thing because like some people really wanted to end. Some people wanted more zero days. Um, but we all wanted to finish together. So there were just like all these different competing priorities. Um, but we were definitely like egging each other on with the competition. But three people in particular, Pocket, um, Curtis, aka Shepard, and um, wow, how am I messing up people's trail names? Logan. I can't remember his trail name right now. Oh my so God. Blasphemy. Like we're, we're getting to the point where I'm now a year and a half removed and I call people by their, ins- like their actual name because it's on their Instagram and their yeah. they've It's sort of like they've moved from a trail person or that you associate them. a person with. in my life. Yeah, yeah. that they're a person. a person. In my life. Yeah, and my roommates, I've never called them by their trail name. So weird. <laughs> that would be pretty funny yeah. if you had that. You guys did something that you're calling deli blazing. Oh yeah. We did that. Um, I did that on the AT too. I did that. I, I try to do that a lot actually, whenever it's possible. Cause I feel like I am 100% motivated by town days. Like our whole trail family was motivated by town days where like, we'd be like 38 miles from town. And so the, like pocket would always do this. He'd like wake up in the morning and like, we had no plans on going to town. And he'd just like pack up his tent and yell town day and then go off. And we're like, damn it. Like, I guess we're all going to town now. And we're all like trying to like pack up our bags really quickly and make it to town. Um, But whenever we were like, could jump from trail or from town to town to town, uh, we would just so we could eat a nice meal. Um, But I definitely ended up spending way more money on the PCT than the AT because I had these like competitive people like being like, let's go to this restaurant and this restaurant and hike to this restaurant. And I was like, whoa, like I ended up spending a lot more money than I did on the AT when it was just me. When all you had to worry about was what you were thinking every yeah. day. Yeah. How was it coordinating your movements with such a large group? I personally tried not to, and then it would just happen. So like that was something where, so like in Sears, we were hundred percent coordinating. Right. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards we were like, okay, we all want to stay around each other, but we weren't trying to be like, we're doing this many miles today or we're meeting here. And I feel like if we had someone trying to dictate that, um, if we had someone trying to dictate that, then we'd be like, well, I don't want to do that. It was definitely like a, um, a culture of like, if they're going to hike 13 miles before lunch, I'm going to hike 14 miles for lunch and get to this peak. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and you're not competitive like, at all, Meredith. Not competitive at all. Um, but usually around like the afternoon, we'd be like, okay, like that sounds like a good place to sleep. Like, let's all go there. And like, sometimes we wouldn't all sleep in the same spot, but we'd be like within like three miles, um, from each other. And like, sometimes when you're like camping in that big of a group, like, um, you'll be like, okay, like I want to just like camp with like one person today. And you, you just like would usually be in like the back of the pack. Everyone would be at camp. And then you'd just everyone be like setting up their tents and then you just go like a mile past them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I could see that that large of a group is fun and you have great camaraderie and stuff like that, but I can also see needing to not be part of the group for a moment. Yeah. 100%. And I think that was like to our point of like, I think one of the things that we really realized is like in the Sierras we had like, very clear like leadership of like yes you tell me what to do where we're going Mm -hmm. like 
I do not want to be part of this. <laughs> like way too overwhelming. And then when we got out of there, we were all like, okay, like we're safe. Like we're just in the middle of the woods. Like we're fine. Like we can do whatever we want, but we all still wanted to be around each other, but wanted to be like our own person and making our own plans. And I think all of us like would go off for a little while. And then usually we'd always try to come back and have our town days together um, just because those were super fun um, when everyone was together. Um, but however you got to town would vary. It would be like, okay, like ideally all of us want to be here on Tuesday night. Let's mm-hmm. all try to get there by Tuesday night. And some people will get there Tuesday morning and like do really big days. Other people would roll in at night. So you could, you could do the together, the separate, the making your own yeah. pace, your, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. In Washington, we definitely did that. Like Washington, we all got like a little nervous at the end. We were like, oh no, like, are we too far away from each other? Like, will that person catch up? And like, had some people putting in like 50s to like catch up Oof. and be like, yes, like we're going to have like our last like four days together and we'll all get to still finish together. Um, but if like someone wanted to take an extra rest day or something, um, that's what happened. But yeah, Washington, um, was definitely all over the place. Well, and you guys, when you, cause you finished mid August, um, September 8th, 2019. Okay. So beginning of September. Yeah. Okay. Cause the guys all wanted to finish nine, nine, 19 at nine, 19 PM. <laughs> and I was like, that means we have to like take a random rest day for no reason. And then we all ended up just finishing a day early. <laughs> Which makes it a little easier to remember for posterity's yeah. sake. Yeah. How, how were you feeling? Like, I know that the night before there was a big storm. Oh yeah. I slept by myself my last night on trail. I was so sad. Um, so there were two guys who were ahead of me that I was trying to catch or So we were all hiking together. We all had a plan on where to hike. Um, but people got trapped because of the lightning storm. So I like made it to where we had planned on hiking, but I was on the top of a ridge. (laughs) I was not the best spot, but I was like over it. I was like, I can't hike two more miles to get to like the guys. And so then I just like waited in my tent until they came the next morning. I was like, that was so scary. So there was like hail lightning. Like I thought it was smoke. I think it was just clouds. Um, like just, it was so scary. It was the weirdest last night. And I'm like using like my Garmin inReach to try to like talk to my parents. Cause like my parents came in for it. And I was like, I have no idea when we're like going to get in or what we're going to be doing. But I was like, but I'm going to wait in my tent until everyone shows up. So I just like stayed in my tent um, for a late morning. And then we ended up like catching the guys um, who were ahead. Like they were like two miles from the border that night. They were like, we don't want, they didn't want to go across Mm -hmm. uh, without us. How was that feeling crossing that border and seeing that terminus or that monument and it was honestly, it's so weird to like see these monuments in real life. Like it wasn't it so weird to go and see the Southern terminus. So weird. Yeah. Um, it's just like something that you see in so many pictures and so many videos and like, like it was so weird. We just turned a corner and like, there it was. Um, but we had like a Congo line going, we were all like screaming and cheering and like, it was just like so nice. And like at that moment too, I was like so thankful that we all finished together um I was like I know this sounds like so cheesy and like 
there would be like no difference if we spent like one last day together. Um, but there was something super special in that moment of like getting everyone to be there together, like popping champagne, getting group photos. Um, we were also really freaking cold um, and wet. Everyone was soaking wet. Um, and so then we still had eight more miles. We were like, these are the longest eight miles of my life. Like, these are terrible. And then we popped out and right where we popped out, um, Lancelot's parents. Um, so he lives in his family lives in Washington and we had spent, um, two zeros with his family, like a couple weeks earlier. Like Lake Chelan, right? So nice. <laughs> I want to live there. Yeah. It was beautiful. Um, and so they were there. I was like, and they were kind of like our parents to all of us now. And they were like, we have like a warm car and like some cold beer and like, we'll drive you straight to the thing. I was like, thank you. And they were like shuttling all of us um, to like go and get showers. And it was nice because that night was like the official goodbye. Um, I think it would have been like too much to like try to fit in all of our goodbyes right then. Like we hadn't processed everything. Um, so we had some people go to Vancouver, some people go directly to Seattle. Um, but the plan was like two days later that we were all going to like meet up up at a brewery, um, in Seattle and like, just like catch up and like be in normal clothes. And it was just like such a nice celebration to like get to do that a couple days later and be like, wow, like we're in a city. This is really weird. <laughs> we're all wearing clothes. You're wearing makeup. Um, yeah, that night was really special to me. And I think it was really great that like most of us were able to prioritize showing up for that. Um, but as soon as I finished that, like my mom was with me and she was under this priority of like, okay, like you said you wanted to go on a road trip to find where you're going to move. Now let's switch gears. You're on a hunt for where you're going to live. And I was in Seattle because that was an option for where to live. I was looking at apartments. I was so overwhelmed being like, wow, like, we're in a very large city. Like I just came from the woods. This is too much. And there was like construction around me. I was like loud noise. Oh no. Like, I think this might be too big. Um, and we just like went on a road trip to like Seattle, Portland. Um, we didn't end up going to Bend, but I was checking out Bend as well. Um, Boise, Salt Lake, Golden, Boulder, Denver. And it was just like the weirdest switch to be like, okay, like now I'm planning for the next stage of my life. And when I got to Salt Lake, it was just like a week after I had finished through hiking, finally like felt calmer. It felt smaller. Um, I had like one of my best friends here. And as soon as I got here, he was like, we're going to go to the mountains. And we went out to the mountains, we went trail running and fell in love with it. And then I went to Colorado and I was like, Colorado's great too, but really want to live in Salt Lake, sign a lease, moved, flew back to DC. Then like three days later, moved all my stuff back to Salt Lake. It was just like very, very fast, like two weeks of my life. Um, but now everything's calm and great, but it was a lot to process. Yeah. Well, and I hear from a lot of people, the, the slow pace of the trail compared to the fast pace of the city or of the other life. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to coalesce those two things together. Um, and it sounds like you had a, a particularly fun moment because it was sort of, they were smashed together. 
yeah, they were smashed together. And I'm honestly really thankful for that because I feel like it like I was kind of like forced into it where I like felt really uncomfortable at first, but I was like, okay, like we're in this mindset now. We're planning for the next stage of my life. Um, but I think like coming back from the AT, it was really hard going back to some the same old and just like not making a change. And I think coming here right after the PCT, like, and having this change made it so I didn't really feel any like post-trail depression at all. Um, whereas like when I was on the AT, I was like, huh, or when I was back in DC, I was like, I just want to be back in the AT. I just want to be back on the AT. Whereas when I was here, it was like, man, like those are some really great memories and I love the PCT, but I'm like ready to like make my life here. And now I have a house, I have a dog (laughs) here. (laughs) You're an adult. An adult. So weird. (laughs) Who would have ever thunk it? I I remember after talking to you about the AT, I don't remember whose episode it was that you said you listened to or that your mom listened to about the inreach. So I got one. Yeah, I did not buy it for myself. I was given it. It was like, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, So they didn't know those existed until they listened to your episode. And then they were like, those existed. Why didn't you tell us that? We would have gotten you one of those for the AT. I was like, I'm fine. Um, (laughs) But honestly, I I, I think it's fair to say that I don't think it's really needed for the AT just because you have self-service so much. But for the PCT, it was so nice. So, so, so nice. But I really was never using it to text them. I was usually using it to like text people who was near, who also had an inreach. Being like, yo, I'm three miles ahead of you. Comes this campsite. <laughs> um, well, I guess it's useful for both things. Yes, yes. Had an SOS button in case anything happened. Exactly, exactly. Did you, what was the system that you had set up with your mom or your parents in terms of how often you would get in touch? Um, usually it was towns and... I would give them like a window because I think they freaked out once when I told them something was going to be shorter than it was. And so usually I would always say like, if something I thought was going to take five days, I would say seven. Um, and then they'd be like, wow, you did that section so fast. And I'm like, that's because I told you a number that was way greater than I thought it was going to take. Um, but there was one spot where I think I like ended up like, getting somewhere like a day later. I was like, no, like literally I'm fine. I was like, I was just, just slow. Um, so usually I would always text them in towns. And then I was using the tracker for a while. Um, and then I realized that it was like using up too much battery. So I just turned it off and I had friends from work following me. Like my, one of my <laughs> bosses was following me and I just got a text message one day being like, are you still alive? And I was like, hello, Joe, like my old manager. I was like, yes. He was like, hadn't seen an update like oh I'm sorry um so it was usually the people who were following my inreach um and not getting specific texts from me who were a little worried was it interesting to you the people who were following you like in this case like your boss is following you like, yeah really closely yeah because he's really interested in both you but also in this adventure that you're on yeah, no, I think it's so weird. And it's like so weird to this day to like, sometimes I'll, um, I met someone here in Salt Lake. Um, so like my friend, like started dating this girl and I was like, she follows my Instagram. I was like, this is weird. And she like has been like following my journey from like 18, the PCT. I was like, this is such a small world. And I feel like there's like so many instances where like 
I'll meet someone who's like already known about like two years of my life where I'm like, this is probably how tip tap felt. when I was <laughs> myself to her. Um, But I feel like that has happened a lot, but I usually I'm like, Oh, cool. I like feel so flattered. I'm like, why were you following me? But like, thanks. <laughs> you're a, you're a, uh, you're almost famous. Almost famous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Phil always says, she's like, oh, like, I just want to be Instagram famous. And um, then like Tip Tap became Instagram famous. And she's like, damn it, Tip Tap. And I'm like, Tip Tap made a video. That's amazing. Like she Tip Tap did a lot of fame. work to get yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram famous. Yeah. Oh, she's so talented. It's ridiculous. Amazing. That vid- I have used that video so many times when people ask me like, PCT, what is that? What is that about? I'm like, right? there's a 16 this minute video. Watch this. This will do an amazing job of explaining it to you. better than I could ever do. It's so good. And it's also just like, I feel so lucky to have that. So lucky to be able to point people to that. And like, every time I watch it, I cry, like I can't watch it anymore. Um, And even like the little mini episodes are so cute. Um, And like how she like introduce people. It's so well done. And um, it was nice that I didn't have to do any of the work. (laughs) I still have this piece of art to, to remember it. You have documentations of your journey that you didn't have to actually do anything for. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we would always feel like awkward whenever she'd bring it around and be like, it's, huh. it's like, don't let me know you're filming. And I was like, I don't want to speak into the camera. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> but apparently you got over that at some point because there is the infamous picture of you flipping off the camera. Oh my God. <laughs> She's the worst. Oh my God. So that was at the 2000 mile mark. I would like, was like, I want to like have this photo of me, like looking like a badass being like, I did 2000 miles, like hell yeah. And, uh, they were just like giving me so much shit. Like there it was, uh, that was, I think it took like 15 minutes to take that photo just because I felt so uncomfortable. I was like, stop making fun of me. I was like, just get the shot and let's go. See, now she's like a true director. Just get the shot. Yeah. You made a comment on your Instagram, talk about stalking, by the way, uh, <laughs> where you said you were, at the, this was early on in your hike on the PCT, but you made a comment about mental needs trumping physical wants. That was in directly related to my goal of finishing in hundred days. Okay. Yeah. I like that 100, like it. I, there's some times where I'm like, I'll think about it and be like, man, like, do I regret not finishing in a hundred days? Cause like I have two friends, um, frickin' frack, do you know of them? I've heard of them, but okay. I don't so know. They them. were um, some of my really good friends in the AT and I always thought I was going to catch up to them cause they started like a couple of days before me and they were doing a hundred days. So I was like, maybe if I caught up to them, I could accomplish my goal of doing it a hundred days. Um, and I feel like at the beginning it was really hard for me to let go of that hundred mile goal. Cause like, even when I found like this faster group, I was like, it's still possible. Like I, I could do it. Um, I was like, and then if I like left them, then I could finish this in a hundred days. And like, there's finishing the trail and like looking back at it. It's like so silly to like be thinking about that goal that I had. Like, I'm sure finishing in hundred days was super cool and super awesome to a ton of other people. But for me personally, like letting go of that, was an even cooler accomplishment to be like, 
you have friends, stay with your friends. You're enjoying this. Don't make it suck. Just stay with them. You're happy. We're good. You don't want to quit anymore. Stay there. (laughs) Struggling with the, you're happy, enjoy it. Yeah. You're happy. I promise you. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's something that I still, I, I feel like with ultra running, I'm still struggling with is so like this past summer, um, I was signed up to run a hundred miler and I was like training for it, like really getting my mind around like what it takes to run a hundred miler, like what it takes to be an ultra runner. Um, cause the farthest I had done before that was hundred K. So around like 62 miles. Um, and in training for that, like I absolutely like started to hate trail running this summer. Mm-hmm. And one day I was like, okay, like I'm going to quit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this race. And that was on a Saturday. And then on Monday, we got told the race was being postponed a year. And I was like, yes, <laughs> no decision has to be made yet. And it gave me like some time to think about how sometimes if I'm like putting too much pressure on something, it can turn something that I love into something that I hate. And uh, I'm still signed up for that race for the summer. Um, but it's definitely something that I'm like very aware of in myself is that if I become too competitive with myself, I can turn like my greatest passions into something I resent. Um, so still figuring that out, stay tuned on if I end up doing that race this summer, if I end up enjoying training. Um, but hopefully we'll be running that in September. Well, I'll be watching. (laughs) (laughs) And have you ever, I mean, with that, I guess that's sort of the first one, the first stage of it. Um, but also like the Western States 100 and, uh, I'm probably going to destroy it because I don't think this is what it's called, but the Mount Hood to the coast in Oregon. It's oh, a, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Or Pine to, I, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. There's but, yeah. Um, like if I would ever want to do one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think Western States would be super cool, but right now I'm like really into wanting to do this local race. So it's called the Wasatch 100. Um, it's one of the top, like four hardest races, like a hundred for a hundred milers. So because of the elevation, yeah, it's just super rocky. And, um, I think 25 K over, over a hundred miles, something like that, something stupid. Yeah. And so that one, if I even just like finish that, I think that would be super cool. Um, also my, my dog is named Barkley because of the Barkley marathons. Have you ever heard of those? Oh Yeah. Yeah. So I like definitely have some like messed up desire to want to do that. Um, (laughs) And if you look into, so the thing I mentioned at the beginning, um, the whirl, that's definitely like one of those super hard, um, it's not a race, but like a self-supported thing to do. Um, but definitely I think right now I'm really into doing like more Utah races. So maybe, um, have you heard of like the Tushers 100 K? like a mountain range that's super rugged and, um, and fun to like, I think the rugged races have a big appeal to me. I wonder why. Yeah. Pain. (laughs) (laughs) Pain and challenge and all of it. I'll get some cool battle wounds. Exactly. Speaking of how is your elbow? (laughs) Yeah, I still have a wound. I don't know if with my background, you can see it, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my elbow's okay. I mean, it's never like, it's kind of wonky. Let's see. Nope. Nope. Um, It's never going to quite be the same. It's never going to quite be the same. 
Um, but I sprained my ankle like a couple times on the PCT. Um, that was also a, a great way for her tip tap and I, um, to relate. So she had sprained ankles. I had sprained ankles. We had sprained ankles at the same time. Um, yeah. so that's something that I like it's still dealing with just with running. Um, but yeah, my elbow will never be totally back, but like I said, I'm not big into climbing. so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't get in your way Mm-mm. with what, with your, your new chosen mm-hmm. course, so to speak. Yes. Just got to keep the legs insured. Be <laughs> like Ginger Rogers. Yeah. Um, let me look through here really quickly. There's so oh, many, yeah. there's so many questions, but <laughs> I will, uh, I will not uh, hit you with all of them. You, oh, the sun cups. Oh God. <laughs> because I was, I was literally just talking to uh, Little Skittle. And she was mentioning sun cups versus lava fields or, yeah. you know, and which would you prefer to fall on and so forth and so on. So I'm going to ask I, you. I absolutely hate sun cups like, <laughs> so much. And I think uh, there was like this one day where we weren't, it's one of those days again, we weren't doing a town day. And then we were like um, at lunch and so, or no, we weren't at lunch. I got a Garmin inReach message saying, we decided to push for town. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, come on. <laughs> and we were in Yosemite or like, we were trying to get to um, Yosemite. And I like, just got that message. Like Fiddle and I had had a really hard day, like just like falling and falling and falling on the sun cups. And if, if you don't wake up really early, it makes it harder to navigate on them. Yeah. Um, just cause like, if it's ice and you have your micro spikes, like there's so much more traction versus once they melt, you're just like, it's just like slop. It's terrible. And we had started later. I was like, whatever, like no rush for today. But then I got that message. And I was like, well, I want to go to town too. And there was like a road to get you to Yosemite Valley that would close for traffic at 5 PM. And we got there. At, it was like me, um, fiddle. I think Sturgeon was with us. We got there at like 5 15 and there are no more cars going through. And I was just like so sad. And a park ranger comes by because she was trying to move her stuff. And I like somehow convinced her in the middle of her move, like while going back to her house to like drive us part of the way so we could at least get a second hitch. And we like ended up getting into town that night. Um, but it just sucked that I had to start off with sun cups and like not waking up early enough navigate on them and then realizing that you then had to go fast on the sun cups because going try like attempting to go fast on sun cups just doesn't work going fast trying to go fast on sun cups seems like a perfect way to break an ankle yeah it's and it's just so it just takes so much out of you where you're like i'm trying so hard <laughs> and i just can't do it or if you're just like, like post holding and like fall through, yeah. like, I feel like whenever I'd like fall and like someone would need to give me a hand, they'd like take a video before actually helping me out. <laughs> like every single time I'd be like, fine. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't, uh, flash the, the finger at them at that point. Oh yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> that would have been completely just called for, the for. Photo, just for the photo. <laughs> for you. 
we've talked about a number of moments on the trail that were difficult, but for you, what was the hardest thing about the PCT? Uh, it's hard. I mean, 100%, like the first week was just really, really, really hard. Um, just because I felt like so alone out there. Cause one, I had started way later than people. Um, so there's, so I started the middle of May. So there weren't like a ton of people around me. It was super hot. Um, I didn't like, I found out that was like the first time I'd been in the desert and I found out I don't like the desert when I was in there. Um, and it was just like a time where I was really realizing like, maybe I don't like through hiking and like questioning all these things that like I put as like a label on myself. And I feel like it hiking the PCT, like kind of like helps, like, yes, I've done two through hikes, but like, I feel like I don't like wear that label around as much. Like now that I'm out of it, like those are experiences that have happened to me. Um, but between the AT and PCT, like I definitely use that as like a label of like who I am, what my identity was and to be out there and realizing that maybe I didn't actually like it, um, was really hard for me to deal with. But I got over it. And, um, I think still to this day, like people ask me all the time, like when I'm doing the CDT and I'm like, I have no idea. I don't even know if I want to do it. Um, like I said, got a dog, got a house (laughs) for a little while. Um, and I think that's something that sometimes people don't understand is like, yeah, maybe I don't want to do another trail, but I love those experiences and I'll just let the triple crown hang there for a little while until, or if, um, the desire to hike the CDT ever pops into my brain, but right now it's not there. It's kind of cool that you don't feel the pressure to complete the triple mm-hmm. crown, so to speak. Like you can let it be what it is. And there are other, there are so many other through hikes mm-hmm. around, you yeah. know. I want to get fast packing. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> how, how was it for you? Like you mentioned starting to question your identity out there particularly in the desert and, and early on, what helped you get kind of through that or, or, or over that? I think like letting myself. So, I mean, in the end, I was super stubborn where I pushed through it, ended up finishing my through hike. But I think knowing that I could quit and honestly, like seeing Jackie and Devin quit was the best, like so much respect for them. And like realizing that that was an option. And realizing like there were some times where I felt like I was staying out there, not for myself, where I was like, well, like, what would that look like if like I'm on a leave for work? And then I end up like not still being on a leave, but not finishing what I would told them that I was going to be doing. Um, and I think once I stopped being like giving myself the freedom of like, I am allowed to quit if I want to, um, I still think it's crazy. I thought I was about to. Um, I think that helped me realize like, those are just experiences that have happened to you. It's not like your identity. You're not like less cool if you don't hike the PCT and you're not less cool for not hiking it in a hundred days and letting go of a lot of those things, um, definitely helped me come to terms with all the different thoughts that were going through my head. It's almost like seeing them get off the trail or realizing that you don't 
that you're not these things sort of, it's almost like a release valve, so to speak, in terms of it. I've, I've heard it said that, you know, if, if you only see one option or if you only have one option, it's not really an option. Yeah. And even two mm-hmm. is not really an option, but when you start to see like the full breadth of what's available and one mm-hmm. of those being, I could get off the trail if I want to, it's almost like it releases the pressure on that. Yeah. 100%. And I, I think I'm still realizing that now we're like, if I'm training for something like giving myself the freedom to like, if this isn't serving you anymore, like you don't have to do it or like seeing different paths for like training, like cross training, still something that you're allowed to do. And, um, I think like when I was doing the PCT two, when I started it, I had the mindset of, I want to do the CDT mm-hmm. like before I had even done the PCT yet. Cause I was like, this is the way, um, yeah. the Mandalorian, if you're a fan. <laughs> um, and I think realizing that there's so many different things that I am interested in besides just through hiking um, has been really cool. Um, I'm realizing like there's so many people here in Salt Lake who like know I have through hiked, um, but like we never really talk about it or bring it up. But like, I know it's this like cool experience and like secret that I kind of have. Um, But there's still so many different pieces and layers and like, it's really cool. exploring different passions and interests that I have outside of this. Yeah. It's also, I'm realizing my, my bright light is making me look kind of like a vampire. Yeah, you are. You are very bright. You are. uh, It's my, uh, my seasonal depression light that I have in my home office. (laughs) The truth of Salt Lake comes out. (laughs) Don't move here. Well, thank God. Then you didn't end up in Portland or Seattle. Oh yeah. True. Let's talk about depression. Um, But it's interesting how, when we categorize categorize ourselves as one thing, I am a through hiker or I am a banker or I am a lawyer or I am a whatever. um, Everything can get very Mm one-sided. But when we start opening it up and, and saying, I, I through hike, but I also, yeah. Trail yep. run. And I also do these other things. You will, I feel like it's almost like the allowance to more fully realize yourself. Mm-hmm. 100%. I couldn't say it better. That's <laughs> exactly how I feel. And um, I think it's how a lot of like my friends who have been like making their lives here at Salt Lake also feel. Um, and it's really cool to, to talk about that with them. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should? No, I think this has been so great. I'm sure there's something that I'll probably just want to message you about later. We'll see. Where can people find you to follow the continuing adventures of 11? Oh, yeah. Or actually, I shouldn't even say that because you are so much more than 11. I'm so much more. Continuing adventures of Meredith. (laughs) I am on Instagram at where.is.mare. So where is mare? Perfect. So I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) What was your... Also Strava, and if you're big on Strava, love <laughs> Meredith Johnson on Strava. <laughs> what was your last time we talked? I had a blog. I haven't opened that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I like sometimes I have it bookmarked, and like sometimes I'll go back and click on it, and it's like so cool to read because it's like, whoa, that's three like that was me three years ago, and those are the things that I was struggling with, and 
they're not things I struggle with at all. So it's still super cool to, to check out. But um, I do have a, a page on the trek if you want to share that out as well to see first little adventures of that was 11. That was 11's thing. So you have, 11. so you're on the track and then what is your blog? Just in case people want to check oh, out your AT through, journey. It was through the track. My blog. Was oh, through the track. got it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, I'll send you the link. I would love it. Um, and then final question before I let you go for the evening, what was one of your favorite moments? Like when you think of the PCT, what is that moment that pops into your head first? I mean, one of my favorite moments was probably like walking around Crater Lake with like Fiddle, Sturgeon, Tip Tap, Lancelot. And we were just like looking out on the view, just like realizing like how cool it was and being around um, like all the, the tourists, whenever you're around tourists or people who are there for the day and them not realizing the extent of where you just came from. That's my favorite feeling. And I think that moment and like realizing we were nearing the end and just realizing what great company I had um, was a moment that sticks out in my brain a lot. I love them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit like uh, Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah. Walking through the crowds. Yeah. They don't know. They don't don't know. They have a superhero in their midst. Yeah. (laughs) Where to next for you? Just working and, and playing? Yeah, I'll just be here in Salt Lake. Um, I am doing a, a schema race at the end of March. So what is that? It's technically called ski mountaineering, but it's it's basically oh. ski. So it's like ski touring on these like tiny skis where you're like running on them. And it's like this 40 mile trek that I'll be doing from uh, Crested Butte to Aspen, which will be really fun. So I'm doing that at the end of March. And my partner is a friend that I met on the 18th PCT, of course. Of course. Um, his name's Lux. And then um, the Wasatch 100 is probably something that I'm going to pour a lot of my heart and soul into this summer. So everybody should stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hopefully I finish. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get injured. That's a big one. Yes. notes for this episode can be found on our website at hiking-through.com. A very special thank you to Meredith for sharing her stories from the trail and Maya Wynn for the use of the song Try Again. On next week's episode, I'll be talking with Lady Unicorn, known off-trail as Christine Reed, about her brand new book, Alone in Wonderland. I hope that this conversation, these conversations, inspire you to get out there and have a few hiker trash moments of your own. I'll see you on the trail.